Welcome to the You Can Eat With Us podcast with Libre Connections. Join your host, Tara Harbstreet, as she sits down to chat with people who have experienced the ups and downs of intuitive eating and body acceptance on their path to health and happiness. Hello, and welcome to the You Can Eat With Us podcast. I'm your host, Kara Harpstreet, and today I'm bringing you the third and final part of our mini series on body positive fitness with our guest, Jenna. You got a chance to meet her, hopefully in part one and two, because of course you've already gone back and listened to those, right? But if you haven't already met her, that would be a great idea. Just look for episode 21 and 22 if you haven't already heard those. That's where we introduced the concept of joyful movement and got to hear a little bit more about the nuance of a non-diet approach and how it applies to exercise and movement. And Jenna shared such amazing advice and some really great insight on where to start if you're serious about starting to heal your relationship with movement just like you know we would use intuitive eating to heal our relationship with food for part three we're turning our focus towards some of the resources that are out there jenna has quite a few that she's going to mention and keep an eye out for those in the show notes so that you can find them later on but it's really helpful to have resources and support along the way this is usually not a quick or an easy process and so i wanted to make sure that we highlighted some of those before we wrapped up this mini series on body positive fitness So with that being said, let's go ahead and get right into part three of our interview with Jenna. Here we go. All right. Welcome back to part three of our mini series with Jenna. If you haven't already, be sure to check out part one and part two. She's shared so much amazing insight about her background, and we've had some great conversation around starting to repair your relationship with exercise. And so from here, we're going to get into the last section of our mini series and start talking about how to go about finding a more weight inclusive or body positive fitness professional and some of the other resources that are out there if anyone listening is kind of feeling gung-ho and ready to get started. So Jenna, as we dive into this intro for our last session, um, is there anything that you want to add to the the topics that we've covered so far as far as um, you know repairing your relationship with exercise or where someone might go to get started if they're ready to start becoming more active? So I think the main points that I really just want to drive home is that if you're aiming to repair your relationship with exercise, it is hard. Um, It's not a linear process. It's not going to be like every day is better than the last, um, like some unfortunate memes would lead us to believe. Um, You know, there's going to be ups and downs and some days are going to be great and some days not so much. Some days you're going to you don't feel awesome. Some days you might, um, not so much and just know that that's okay. And that's part of the process. Um, and there are people like me that are out here that are so excited to work with clients who want to coach like us. So, um, yeah, let's dive in. Yeah. Well, and I think it's also a great point, you know, to put the caveat on it that of course, all of this is optional, right? Like the pursuit of health, the pursuit of fitness, um, you know, is, is certainly nothing that you owe anybody. No one is under a moral obligation to pursue either of those things. It's more of like, if you're in the place where you're ready and that's something that you desire for yourself. So yeah, that is an excellent point. So, um, Jenna, going back to our very first session, you know, you mentioned the body positive fitness Alliance, and that's a resource that I had discovered, you know, kind of back when I was on my own discovery journey 
with health at every size and more weight inclusive spaces. And so can you tell us a little bit more about what that looks like? And, you know, maybe some of these terms that we're throwing around or how they might compare and contrast to what a, a quote unquote traditional or conventional fitness setting might look like, you know, that's something that we haven't really explored yet. Sure. Um, so Body Positive Fitness Alliance, if you're not familiar with it, it is um, an amazing organization of fitness professionals from all across the globe um, that are committed to doing fitness differently. Um, so Body Positive Fitness Alliance has seven pillars that kind of guide the way that our professionals approach fitness. Um, and I'll dive into those a little bit more just to give you some highlights there. Accessibility, approachability enjoyments, community, scope of practice, full health, and body positivity. And depending on who your coach is, um, you might not notice that much of a difference in terms of what you're doing in a session, um, though I have a feeling that um, you might feel a whole lot better about your experience and you don't know why. So some coaches are a little bit more um, overt about their body positive approach. I tend to be a little more stealth um, with the way that I do things, but all of those seven pillars are very important to me. So the first thing that I'm going to touch on is um, making things accessible and approachable. So if you're working with a fitness professional who has these values, um, they're going to meet you where you are. So for my clients, I really just keep communication open. So if something doesn't feel right in their body or isn't working for whatever reason, it's not their fault. We find a different variation. Um, and I actually like to use the term variation as opposed to modification. That's just a personal preference of mine. To me, I feel like modification means that it's, um, you know, something less than the whatever variation of the exercise, but I think there's a lot of different ways that you can do a lot of different things. Um, so when I'm working with a new client, I always start with the most accessible variation first and then work our way up as they're successful. So the session could be um, as challenging um, or as gentle as somebody might want it to be. It's really just about listening um, to the person and relating to their values and their interests. Um, another thing that's really important is making it fun. So when I work with clients, nobody has to do anything that they hate. Um, I feel like there are a million different ways to accomplish the same goal. So, you know, that means we get creative. I have clients that love certain exercises and really dislike other ones. And we just find a way to, you know, make it really enjoyable, make it fun. I'm of the mindset that nobody's too old to play games. So sometimes we throw that in there. Um, and then diving into the community aspect, which I mentioned in one of our earlier episodes, um, being able to find people um, that, you know, share your goals, that share your values, that resonate with you, that care about you as a person. So, you know, for me, like in a group setting, it's really important that I learn people's names. Um, just get to know a little bit more about them as a person besides just, you know, somebody who come, comes in and does the spots and leaves. Um, and then staying within our scope of practice, I think is really important. So this is something that I mentioned before. Um, but, you know, staying in your own lane, not giving guidance on things that you're not qualified to do. Um, 
and focusing on full health too. So making sure that I'm not shaming somebody if they need to cancel because they're sick or they didn't sleep well. Um, being mindful of the way that we talk about bodies and fitness. Um, so for example, I don't do before and after photos. That's not something that I believe in. Um, and then just trying to build people up. I think is really important. A lot of times, uh, fitness industry tends to put people down, um, and even uses that sort of language in marketing. Um, so just trying to help people feel better than when they walked through the door. Um, truthfully, the training session for me at least is exactly what it might've otherwise been. Um, the exercises don't necessarily change. Um, what we work on doesn't necessarily change. Um, but it's all about what the client wants um, and the way that it's presented, I think, is really important. Mm. Yeah, you bring up so many great points. And I'm definitely going to be linking to all of the resources that, that you've mentioned as we have in the past sessions. But, you know, getting into those pillars, I think it's it's one of those things that just challenges what we've come to accept as being like very normal, right? Like we may not, like you said, be doing anything inherently different within a session or within a class with a trainer who practices from that approach. Um, but the core beliefs are very different. And then kind of like the underlying messages or the really overt messages can be really different. Like you said, some are a lot more open about it. And then some are, are really subtle and you may or may not pick up on that based on what you're hearing or seeing from other places. But yeah, you might walk out and say, Hey, that was really enjoyable. I, I do want to come back or this is something that I want to try again. So yeah. Do you find that you've gotten feedback from your clients who have, you know, maybe had experience in other settings or have come to, to meet you from a very different place? Um, any feedback that's been interesting or kind of notable about the differences in those two approaches? Yeah, so I, I think I have two different types of clients. I have some clients specifically come to me because of my approach. Uh, they're really seeking it out. And I find when I work with people like that, they just seem to be mind blown that, you know, that we do things the way that we do or that I take the time to practice in a certain way or listen to their values or pay attention to their um you know, barriers or injuries or things that aren't feeling good to them, they honestly just seem really pleasantly surprised um, because that's clearly not been their experience before. So there's that type of client. And then I think there are the other sorts of clients um, that might find me just, you know, because they're looking for a trainer and they say, that's what I do, or they're looking for a yoga class and they show up to mine. And they just find that they feel good and they seem to enjoy it, but maybe they don't really can't put a finger on why that is or why the sessions make them feel good or why my class makes them feel good, but they keep coming back. So I feel like something must be working. Yeah. I think that's a great point as well, because we've said in the past and offline and in other conversations that take place that, you know, using a more weight inclusive approach is really for the benefit of, 
everyone. It can still benefit people who might already have high amounts of thin privilege, or it can still benefit people who have been really immersed in a non-diet approach for years and years. And it's not exclusive to people who are brand new to it or whatever the case may be. It's like you said, people who aren't even really necessarily seeking it out can still benefit from from having that absence of judgment or criticism within the context of a fitness setting. And so I think that's a really great point to make. Um, one of the other things that we had sort of talked about briefly offline was some of the, the logistics. And so you mentioned, you know, you're teaching classes, um, you know, in studio settings or working face to face with clients, but what might be some of the ways that someone could go about accessing this if they have difficulty finding someone in their local area, or maybe they're limited because of their schedule or finances or some of these other aspects that impact their ability to work with someone, what might you recommend or what resources might you point them towards? So many. Um, so first, as I mentioned, Body Positive Fitness Alliance is an incredible resource. Um, if you go to their website, they've got a fitness finder on there that, um, you know, basically just shows different professionals working in different areas of the country, um, different parts of the world. Um, and a lot of us also work remotely online, take online clients. Um, a lot of us have more affordable options, whether that's, um, you know, in a group setting, um, if it's in person teaching, you know, community classes or having free or discounted options. Um, you know, a lot of us have sliding scale options available. Body Positive Fitness Alliance, like I said, is one that I definitely recommend. Um, if you're familiar with the brand Super Fit Hero, which we'll talk about in a little bit, um, they are an amazing um, leggings company that just launched a body positive fitness finder. Um, and they include a lot of other professionals. And in, in addition to BPFA people, um, there's also a lot of us that have done um, yoga for all, uh, which is an amazing training with Diane Bondi and Amber Carnes. Um, so yoga instructors on there, um, and a lot of other different people on there. And then health at every size, uh, website has a lot of um, listings as well for people that you can find. So I would recommend those um, as some starting points. There are also even, um, you know, social media. If you find a lot of us on social media, don't be afraid to DM us. I would love it, honestly, for anyone to DM me asking me about how they can find someone in their area, whether it's me or somebody else. Um, if you see people, fitness professionals um, or otherwise that are posting stuff that you like, ask. If you see, you know, somebody even who's in a different field, like a dietitian or, you know, a plus size fashion blogger or something who's posting something, ask, hey, do you have any resources? I love being able to you know, share with people other resources that are out of my scope of practice. And I'm sure uh, maybe you can attest to this too, Kara, that you feel the same. I love when I can, you know, give somebody a good non-diet dietitian. Um, and I think that the same probably also works true. Oh, absolutely. Um, in reverse. Yeah. I mean, having that expanded network just opens the door to help people find the right fit for them, right? Like there's no way that somebody can be all things to one person. And I know that I'm not everyone's cup of tea and same goes for a lot of others. And so, yeah, just expanding your network and knowing what resources exist out there can be so helpful. And I love that you brought up Superfit Hero and with them being a leggings company, because this is another place where I'll fully disclose the level of 
strength and privilege that I carry because it's one of those things that I don't have to think about. And for someone who lives in a bigger body, I mean, that's a really valid concern of, you know, am I going to find clothing that fits my body? Is it going to be supportive and comfortable for me to move in? Is it going to, you know, wick sweat away from the skin just as well as, you know, something that's in a straight size. And so I think that's another really important aspect that we haven't really touched on yet is some of the logistical aspects like that of how to go about finding those things that, you know, may be taken for granted for people who do carry a higher level of thin privilege. Um, so I wanted to ask if you had any other examples of resources like that or other other great accounts to follow or people who are having conversations about those types of things that we could direct our listeners. Absolutely. So, um, as I mentioned, Superfit Hero is one of um, one of my favorite companies. I think they're awesome. Um, I too carry that thin privilege, so it's something that I necessarily think of or need to think of when I um, am looking for apparel. But I think it's important as somebody who carries that privilege to just be mindful um, and supporting brands that offer plus sizes. Um, and if you know, if you see that they have them. Um, great, you know, purchase from them, support those companies, even if you are buying a smaller size, um, or ask for them, you know, it's really powerful to be able to advocate, um, and, you know, take some of that burden off of those people, um, you know, so that others don't have to necessarily always be asking for, you know, certain sizes. Um, and then there are some other, um, you know, resources online for stuff specifically, I believe, Louise Green, I feel like she has a resource somewhere on her website that's a good listing of plus-size fitness fashion. Jess Baker has an entire resources page on her site that could open up a whole can of terms. I don't know that she necessarily has fitness apparel per se, but I know that she's got fashion bloggers on there um, and different people. And once you dive into this world, there are just so many little facets that you can go down and find the people that are going to be able to share this stuff with you. Um, and then you find these communities as well too online and you're just able to ask people their experiences. You know, where do you buy leggings? Where do you find a sports bra? Um, it's out there, you know? Yeah. I think it's important to support these companies. Well, and I think for me, I trust a word of mouth recommendation so much more than any, you know, online review or whatever the case may be. I mean, for, for things like that, that you're going to get a lot of use out of, or that really impacts your ability to enjoy a workout and not be distracted because your clothing is uncomfortable or it doesn't fit your body the way that you want it to. I mean, those are, are really important things. And yeah, it is such a privilege to not have to consider that. And I hope that that's a reminder for our listeners as well, who, who maybe do carry more of that thin privilege is that we have a lot of purchasing power, right? I mean, the diet yeah. industry in general is a moneymaker. And if we're supporting these brands that are more size inclusive or offer more varieties of, of choices on the size spectrum, then I think that's a really important way to be a, an ally in more of a subtle way, um, yeah. especially if you're kind of new to this work. And, and that's a great point. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. I think for, you know, the, the types of resources that you've listed, those are great things that we're going to be linking to in the show notes. But as we're winding down our mini series, um, like I said, I've been linking to all of your resources throughout, but from here, I just want to turn it over to you for any last thoughts or words of encouragement or advice that you might want to share with our listeners. 
absolutely. So the first thing that I just want everyone to be aware of is that fitness professionals like me are out there. And we are really excited to work with people who want these types of services. Like, it makes our whole day. So please don't hesitate to reach out to any of us. I know a lot of others that are doing this type of work, same as me, um, that would be so excited to hear from you, you know, whether that's via social media or an email on our websites, um, you know, whether that's to work with us or just to connect. It makes my whole day when I find that someone is specifically looking for a fitness professional like me um, and we're out there and we want to help you, you know, find this great relationship with movement if that's something that you choose to do. I so agree. I think even from my perspective, not necessarily being quote unquote in the fitness industry, it's still so exciting to even just imagine the potential of someone being able to discover those great benefits. It's like, Yes, for my clients, I do want you to sleep better at night. Like I do want you to feel more energized or more confident in your body or feel like a total badass the next time you're in a class. It's like, you know, exciting to even think of the prospect that someone might be able to tap into that when they've never had a really uplifting or encouraging experience with fitness or movement in the past. So where can people head online to learn a little bit more about you or connect with your work? Absolutely. So I am most active on Instagram. You can find me at it's Jenna J. Um, I'm also very active on my website and blog. I do a lot of blogging. I dive into a lot of these topics that we discussed and more on there. You can also find ways to work with me online and in person. And my website is www.itsjennaj.com. And then you can also find me on Facebook. My Facebook page is It's Jenna J. And on Twitter, I'm a little less active on there, but my handle is It's Jenna underscore J. Awesome. Yeah, Twitter is one of those things that I have a, a mixed relationship with. I either love it or I hate it, but it has connected me to great people like you. And so I'm so appreciative of all the time that you spent with us and the insight that you share and can't wait to see more of the amazing work that you do in the future. Yeah, thanks, Kara. Thanks for having me. All right, so that brings us to the end of our very first mini series on the You Can Eat With Us podcast. I hope you enjoyed our extended conversation with Jenna. I had such a good time talking to her and loved this topic. I thought she shared so many great resources and even though I already knew about a lot of them, it's a really good reminder, right? There's so many options out there, so I'm glad that she brought up so many of those. Hopefully this gave you some food for thought you know, pun sort of partially intended. But as always, just keep in mind that the advice and the information that we share on the podcast is never meant to replace personalized or individualized medical advice. So if you find that you're still really struggling with disordered patterns or your relationship with exercise is in a pretty troubled spot, this would be a great time to work one-on-one with someone with experience in intuitive eating and a non-diet approach if that's an option for you. Just know that we're not replacing health or nutrition advice. And so even though I'm a dietitian and Jenna is a well-qualified person in the fitness world, we aren't working directly with you. And so this would be one of those times where it's so, so key to get that one-on-one support if it's something that you need or want. 
So with that being said, now we have something to ask of you. If you've enjoyed this series and the format that it was in, you know, a longer conversation that's broken up over shorter episodes in multiple parts, then hop over to iTunes and leave us a rating or review. We're really, really interested in creating content that you want to hear. So if you have suggestions for a topic or a guest that you would love to see on the show in the future, then reach out to us through email. You can always connect with us through our Instagram. That's probably the place that we hang out the most. And of course, I'll link to that in the show notes. But if you have feedback, we would love to hear it. We have some great topics in the schedule for season two. So be sure to check back next week. We'll have a brand new guest and a brand new topic. And then we'll be experimenting a little bit with some solo episodes where I'll be tackling some Q&A from listener submitted questions. So again, if you've got questions burning in your mind, be sure to reach out. You never know. It might show up on a future episode. So until then, I'm just glad you spent part of your day listening to us chat. We can't wait to see you here again soon. Thanks so much for listening.